I think the growth is probably associated with, with being him and not necessarily the surface level things associated with the position, but the leadership things, the communication things, the bringing people together things. Uh, when you got a higher level of comfort in terms of what it is that you're doing, then those things probably happen more. And so that is significant. It's not play related, but it is. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Mike Tomlin there, coach of the Steelers. Pittsburgh's win total sits at 8.5. It's a team people are starting to like. We've been been watching them in the preseason. They're pretty damn good. Yeah, man. Pretty damn good. I mean, you know what they're going to be defensively if they stay healthy. All we had to see was that year-two leap from Kenny Pickett. And granted, Mm -hmm. it's preseason, but, I mean, he was the MVP of the preseason. He's looked so good last night. A ball didn't even hit the ground. What was he, a perfect four for four? And George Pickens is an obvious weapon. They have two capable backs. I like Warren a lot. Um, They could be good, man. And I'm not the biggest Matt Canada guy, but I really like what I've seen offensively. The play calls have been solid. It also helps when you have a uh, serviceable quarterback. Like, we got to look what Pittsburgh's been dealing with the last couple years. You had the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, who you had to trot out there. Mm -hmm. You had Mason Rudolph getting his head bashed in like a -a whack-a-mole. You had Duck Hodges wherever he's at. You had, um, oh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky for a couple weeks last season. Although, granted, he looked all right last night in the preseason. So, you know, it helps if you have a reliable quarterback as a play caller. But I'm still not the biggest Matt Canada guy. But, man, Pittsburgh looks really good right now. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, By the way, if you're missing, if you missed the breaking news, Trey Lance traded to the Dallas Cowboys of all teams. Fourth-round pick going back to the 49ers. Got into that last segment. We'll get back to that in the show as well. Has not changed anything in terms of the futures market, any of that. The big thing for me is just that Dak Prescott now has somebody that he's at least going to be looking out at the corner of his eye. Why make this move? Why do they do that? That's the only thing that stood out to me with this. He ain't getting on the field anytime soon, but that's where we are. All right, so Bill Barnwell, who you and I are both fans of his work. Guy's really smart at ESPN. He's done, you know, teams that can make a jump this year, uh, teams that, you know, the biggest worry for a contender, all those things. He's just, he's one of those guys. Now he came out with, and it was all over SportsCenter today, so he's gone on like the full media tour with all of these teams because everybody needs something to talk about until we actually get to week one of the NFL season, which I totally understand. Bill Barnwell has now put out the four teams that he sees taking a downturn this year in the NFL. And it should be no surprise to anybody, the first team that's on the list. The 13-4 and four Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. The number one team. Now I get it, right? They were 9-0 in games decided by a touchdown or less. That does not happen. That is an unheard-of situation for this team. No team in NFL history has ever gone undefeated while winning that many close games. So you'd expect regression. Here's the thing to keep in mind that he points out, and a reason why I am still okay with the Vikings winning the division, winning double-digit games. Here's why. Because teams that were the last two teams to outperform what he calls their expected wins based on point differential, right? Bigger the point differential, usually the better team you are. We talk about run differential in baseball, all those things. Oh, yeah. You're beating teams by more. It makes sense. The Vikings were a minus three. So they won 13 games, but they were a minus three. Teams that were in that position went from an 854 win percentage in one-score games to just a 517 win percentage the next year. So clearly, you regress. It starts to level out a little bit. But... Three of those 11 teams managed to maintain their record from the previous season. Another team declined, but still actually won the Super Bowl as part of this list. The big thing for me is the Vikings could lose four more games. They could go 9-8 and this year and still win that division. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, man. Also, like, you look at the schedule that they play this season, not too tough, like right in the middle of the pack, you know, 15th toughest schedule, and it's in the NFC. And in that division, there's just a lot of question marks, you know? Is Justin Fields the guy? Is Jordan Love the guy? You know, Green Bay, you feel a little bit better about their defense than you do Chicago. Detroit, we're hyping up, but Detroit hasn't won the division, won the conference since they've been in the NFC North, really, since 1993. Um, And it was a different division at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I could see there being a Mm drop-off, obviously, because of the defensive side of the ball, but they're still really good offensively if everybody stays healthy with Kirk Cousins. I actually think they upgrade a little bit in the wide receiver room with Jordan Addison out of USC, now taking over the Adam Thielen role. Run game, I don't really care about Delvin Cook being gone because they weren't really good running the football last year. They just need that offensive line to stay healthy and not play with four or five different combinations during the season. So I could see there being huge regression. I'm not there with Minnesota this season, but would I be shocked if they won 11 games in a week NFC North? No, not at all. And that's, I mean, this is what it comes down to is it's the division, right? We talk about if the Steelers were in the NFC, like all these different scenarios. And it's that way for everybody, right? How much money would you make if you lived in a state where the cost of living was cheaper, but you made the same amount? Like, we could do this with anything in the world, right? Yeah, and we do this like in the NFC North with the team that wins the NFC North every single year because the Packers just got done winning it three straight years, and all the smart guys would say, yeah, they were a 13-win team, but they won this many close games. They had turnover luck. You know, they didn't point differential. They'd bring that up, and yet they still continued to win those games. And, you know, for Minnesota, it comes down to, What's Byron Murphy at this stage of his career? What's Marcus Davenport? You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. the defensive side of the ball was a nightmare, but they do maybe upgrade if those guys have bounced back years or decent years. And then you have Brian Flores now taking over as your defensive coordinator. I do think you upgrade there. He's going to be super aggressive. They're going to blitz a lot. So if they stay healthy, I could see them maybe winning 10-11 games. But I don't know, man, because there's just a lot of weird stuff going on, bad defense, and this is Kirk Cousins most likely last year there as well. So, again, regression is likely, and I'm okay with agreeing with the regression. I I agree with that. But that doesn't mean they still can't win 9, 10 games and still win that division. So that's why I'm not totally out on the Vikings, but it's situation-based. And there's something to be said for a team that's always in every single game. They've clearly showed that last year. So it's whether or not Cousins can still lead comebacks the way that he did the last time out. All right, the next team up on Bill Barnwell's list is the New York Giants, who went 9-7-1 last year. They had a minus six-point differential. The big thing for the Giants, so they never turned the ball over. They turned the ball over just 16 times in 17 games last year. Like, that's a major thing to do. And when they didn't turn the ball over, even one time, they were a 6-2 team. They were 4-6-1 when they turned the ball over at least once. So it's very simple. When the Giants hold on to things, specifically Daniel Jones doesn't make mistakes, Saquon Barkley doesn't fumble, whatever the case is, that is still a team that's good. But it's another big outlier, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a team that turned the ball over fewer than one time a game. That's a big deal for them. So can they be in that position where they do the same thing again or does that regress? Do they start turning the ball over more? That's where we are with the Giants. I'm Listen, I, I think the Giants were in a position where they also snuck up on a lot of people because you had an offense that looked completely different. Are you going to be able to do the same thing with Daniel Jones again? We'll see if Kafka can evolve that offense again and if Daniel Jones can take that to the next level. And obviously Brian Dable is a big part of that too, being the head coach. Yeah, and I mean, those are all really good points. And last season I was really high on uh, New York because everybody else was low on New York. You thought it was probably the last time you were going to see Daniel Jones as as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What was weird is his home road splits. Like on the road, he's a really good NFL quarterback at home. He's below expectation level. But last year... You know, he was, let's be honest, like last year, I hate the game, the term game manager. That's what he was, though, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't let him push the ball down the field. There was a lot of Saquon. The play calling was very, very creative. 
The reason you obviously worry about a drop off is as good as Brian Dable and um, you know Mike Kafka are there. You worry like, okay, now all that's on film. Is Daniel Jones going to be able to do what he did last year? Are you going to open up the offense more for Daniel Jones? And is Saquon going to stay healthy? Because he's only been healthy twice in his career. Last last year was the first year he'd been healthy since his rookie year. You don't really love the secondary. You don't love them on the defensive side of the ball. But I hate betting against good coaching. And Brian Dayball is a very good coach, I think. And I really like Kafka. I think he'll be a head mm-hmm. coach within the next three to yep. four years. So I'm going to say there is regression. But I'm not betting they're under. It's just I like Dallas a lot. I still like Philadelphia. I, I can't do it with the other two teams in that division. So I do think there will be a regression, but I don't want to bet it. Yeah, I think Kafka and Ben Johnson are going to be the two next like hot coordinators that yeah. everybody wants as a head coach. Yeah. All right, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, the 14-3 and Philadelphia Eagles are the next team that he sees regressing this year. Now, they won 14 games last year. So, you know, you could win 12 and still <laughs> have a pretty damn good right? season. Technically, that's still regression that's there. But they were a plus 133 last year. They were beating the hell out of teams. I I can understand if the, if the, the Eagles end up winning just 13 games. There's question marks here for me with two new coordinators on both sides of the football. You've got some turnover on defense. And you've got to now expect, one, Jalen Hurts to stay healthy the entire season, and two, still take that next step. He has to continue to get better each and every year because if you don't and you start leveling out, teams figure you out and you don't have the same level of success. I wouldn't look at the Eagles, though, and say a team that's going to regress. They can be just as good. They can win 13 games, 12 games, and maybe still have the best record in the entire NFC. Yeah, see, I still think they win double-digit games. I just like Dallas a little bit more because of what Philadelphia's lost. You have a bunch of young guys coming in. I Trey Lance, too? I still, yeah. <laughs> I still like Nick Sirianni. But last year, also, the Eagles had some luck, right? It was really Jalen's first year as a full-time starter because he took over, you know, midway through the season. And they also faced the easiest schedule of opponents last year um, on both sides of the ball. The second easiest opposing offenses and defenses. This year, they have the sixth largest increase in schedule difficulty, so they play a tougher schedule. Also, last year, like we talk about with most teams, and there is a lot of parity in the league, they were 7-1 and one in one-score games. If those go the other way, you know, maybe they regress. But they're going to be favored in 15 games. I definitely think they're a playoff team, but... Um, yeah, I don't know if they get to 14 again, man, but Jalen was so damn good when he I was know. out there. Let's see let's see if he can do that again this year. And let's see how those replacement players are, those young guys from Georgia and whatnot on the defensive side of the ball. All right, the fourth and final team that Bill Barnwell has as a potential regressing team, the 9-8 and eight Pittsburgh Steelers, a minus 38 last year. You and I both have been praising this team. We've looked at growth in Kenny Pickett. We've seen a great coaching staff continue to get the most out of this team. I This is the one that I struggle with the most only because we're talking about, at that point, a sub-500 record. Now, you are in the AFC. It's going to be a lot tougher for them, but I just don't... I, I would I would look at the Eagles regressing more and losing you know two more games, let's say, and be more comfortable betting that as opposed to betting the Steelers being a seven-win team this season. Yeah, man. I think, if anything, the Steelers get better, to be honest. I get what he's saying. I get why you would think there might be some regression because the AFC is more loaded. But last year also, T.J. Watt only played 10 games. You know, I mean, like, imagine if he even plays 14. If he's healthy the majority of the season, he's never played less than 15 games. Every single year, he has double-digit sacks. 2021, he had 22 and a half sacks. Last year, he only had five and a half. He missed the majority of the season. He stays healthy. That changes that defense. And now they have an actual offense. I'm going to go with the Steelers are better this season. Even if... 
I don't know, man. Even if they're still an eight-win team, I think they show more this year. That's the thing. You, your record may not show the type of team you actually yeah. are, right? You can still improve, in but the AFC. in a loaded AFC, yeah, have yeah. the same record, man. They you could know? be eight and nine and actually be a better team. Kenny Pickett could throw. Well, we'll start with like ten touchdowns before we go too far here. So, there's, there's props at least, only seventeen and a half. I know it's a low, low number. That's for sure.